Kevin looking. Long to the basket. Yo, yo, whoop, whoop, yo, yo. There's no ball like college basketball. So let's get the dipping wings together and get the boys and girls over because it's about to go down in college basketball time. This episode of The Needle is brought to you by D1CoachCorner.com, your source for Division I college basketball. Thank you once again for tuning to our 38th episode of The Needle. Again, my name is Jack Williams, owner and operator of D1CoachCorner.com. Your source for college basketball news, rankings, and predictions. D1 Coach Corner is the number one source for college basketball preseason predictions and college basketball coach evaluations. The Needle College Basketball Podcast brings you 52 weeks of college basketball talk on topics dealing with Division One college basketball coaches and their teams. In this episode of The Needle, we are going to go over our pre-conference schedule in the American Conference to see which teams have the best opportunity to receive an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament once the season ends. And then we get into some college basketball coaching news and our new coach impact segment of the show, which will highlight coaches who have recently taken over a team and has positively impacted that team as a result of him being there. And if you like our show, go subscribe to our iTunes and YouTube channels. Let us continue to be your number one source for preseason college basketball predictions and coach evaluations. We are now two weeks away from the start of the season. The road to the NCAA tournament starts with pre-conference play. A strong pre-conference schedule could give a team a better chance to receive an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. So we're going to be looking into who has the best pre-conference schedule in the American Athletic Conference. The media poll has come out in the American and they have Houston at number one, Memphis at number two, Cincinnati at number three, Wichita State at four, USF at five, UConn 6, Temple 7, SMU 8, UCF 9, Tulsa 10, Eastern Carolina at 11, and Tulane at number 12. That's a media poll where there's a collection of media people voting to rank the teams. With me, there's no vote. It's just plain old me doing research to see who's the best team in the American. I still don't see how Houston's number one though. The one thing that I do know about Houston is that they're going to be a very good defensive team. That's without question. But where's the points going to come from? There's not one player on this team that has a history of putting up double-digit numbers daily. Now, with Memphis, they have a lot of new players, but they have a few potential pro players. I'm not saying that Memphis is going to win the national championship, but I am saying that they're going to be the top team in the American. The American Conference ended up having four teams in the NCAA tournament last season. Houston, Cincinnati, Temple, and UCF. Houston finished in the Sweet 16, barely losing to Kentucky. Cincinnati lost in the first round. Temple lost in the first round. And UCF lost in the second round to Duke in a game for the ages. So, who this year have a better chance of making it to the NCAA tournament? We'd probably be able to squeeze five out of the American this season. Memphis, South Florida, Cincinnati, Wichita State, and possibly Houston. But do their preseason schedule support their quest for the NCAA tournament at the end of the season? Let's see. Houston just completed a successful preseason tour of Italy. Houston won all four games against level two professional basketball teams and a top level university in Italy. But that doesn't count towards the strength of schedule. Houston has three true road games on their schedule this season, which is good. 
they will play Rice on November 19th. But even though they'll be playing Rice on their home court, this is really not a true road game because they're still in Houston, Texas. So, a win over Rice won't do much for this team as far as tournament resume is concerned. Now, on November 22nd, they will face Oregon in Eugene, Oregon. This game is a potential needle mover. A win of a strong Oregon team could be very good for Houston's resume at the end of the season. But they're going to have to come with it with this Oregon team, though. This team is deep. Returning from the 2018-2019 season will be point guard Peyton Pritchard and forward Francis Okoro. Pritchard is a very good point guard. He can score and is a floor general. Oregon has also added two top 50 freshman players to the roster in Nafali Dante and C.J. Walker. Dante is a beast under the rim. He can body his way to the rim and is also a good rim protector. Walker is a high-flying big man who can slash to the rim. This Oregon team is going to be very dangerous. Houston is going to have to come with it for this one. But like I said before, this could definitely be a needle-moving win for Houston if they can win it. But it's going to be tough, however. Houston would also play South Carolina and Columbia, South Carolina. This is a winnable game, but don't count South Carolina out on their home floor. If this team is healthy, they could give Houston a problem on the road. Houston will also be playing in the Diamond Head Classic during the Christmas break in Honolulu. The only team that could be a challenge to Houston in this tournament is Washington. So, we'll see how that goes. Now, Houston has two teams that they will play at home in pre-conference play that could cause them problems. And that's BYU on November 15th and Oklahoma State on December 15th. This Oklahoma State team under Mike Boynton is dangerous this season. But for Houston, this is a strong enough schedule to get them to the tournament if they could win a few of these games. Now, let's turn to Memphis, who finished in the second round of the NIT last season. Critics believe that this team is too young to win a national championship. But now that I think about it, there are a few veteran players on this team, enough to make a difference. Tyler Harris played in 36 games and started in 15. He was the third highest point producer on the team, and he's back. Isaiah Maurice is also back. He also played in 36 games and started in only six. With increased minutes, he has proved that he could be a viable asset to this team. Maurice played over 23 minutes in the quarterfinals of the American Tournament against UCF, in which Memphis won. Maurice scored a season high of 21 points that game. Alexis Lomax will also be returning. Lomax played in 35 games last season and started in 11. He was second in assists behind Jeremiah Martin. Now, Memphis has three true road games before conference play. They will meet Oregon in the Field Night Invitational on November 12, 2019. They will see UAB on December 7, 2019 in Alabama and Tennessee in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is going to be a real test for the young Memphis team. If Memphis plays that game and get blown out, they're going to have problems in the postseason if they get there. But if they keep the game close or either win it, that would tell us what type of team we're going to see in Memphis. However, I believe this Oregon team is way stronger this year than the last year's team that finished in the Sweet 16. That's going to be a hell of a game. Of course, that game will be aired on ESPN that night. The other two games will be challenging, but winnable. Of course, Tennessee will be missing a lot of players from last season. There will be no Jordan Bones, Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, and so on. However, Lamonte Turner, Jordan Bowden, and Yves Pons are returning. So this team is still very dangerous, and plus they have a top 25 freshman in Josiah Jordan James on the team. So this game is going to be very tough for Memphis on the road. Memphis is also going to have a couple of tough games at home in pre-conference play. 
on November 23rd, 2019, they're going to host Ole Miss. The Rebels are very dangerous to play. In conclusion, I believe that Memphis has a strong enough pre-conference schedule to put together a pretty decent postseason resume, especially if they win a few. Now, Cincinnati has two very tough road games to play in their pre-conference schedule, and both are true road games. Cincinnati will play 18th-ranked Ohio State in Columbus, Ohio on November the 6th, the very first game of the season for Cincinnati. What a way to start a season. This Ohio State team is stacked. They have the best recruiting class in the Big Ten for the 2019-2020 season. They will also be returning three out of five starters from the 2018-2019 season, which includes their top scorer, Caleb Wesson. Then, Cincinnati will play their crosstown rivals in the crosstown shootout, Xavier. Both of these teams are separated by three miles and proves to be a heated competition every time they play each other. Xavier's ranked number 19 in the AP poll, so Cincinnati will be playing two ranked opponents in their pre-conference play. If they could win one, it would be very good for Cincinnati's resume. And there are two home games that Cincinnati will play in pre-conference play that could also prove to be very challenging. And that's with Vermont on December the 3rd and Tennessee on December 18th. Cincinnati is also going to have to be careful at the Paradise Jam Tournament with Illinois State, Bowling Green, and Western Kentucky. These are all pretty good mid-major teams, and one of them could upset you if you're having a bad day. As for South Florida, South Florida will be looking at three games that will expose how this team will fare come to conference competition. They will host Boston College at home on the 10th of November. Boston College may not be a ranked team as of yet, but this is a team that could give you a lot of trouble if you're not careful. This is a Boston team that plays in one of the toughest conferences in college basketball, so they're going to always be prepared to play tough teams. Now, it's going to get tough for South Florida in the final two weeks before conference play. They will be facing a tough Utah State team in the Battleground 2K 2019 event in Houston, Texas on December 18th. Utah State is ranked 17th in the National AP preseason polls. Utah State is led by a very good coach in Craig Smith. Coach Smith is in his second season with the team. Then they would turn around and face a ranked Florida State team in the Orange Bowl Basketball Classic. Both of these games are neutral territory games. As for Wichita State, Wichita State has only one true road game in pre-conference competition against Oklahoma State on December 8, 2019. I could almost guarantee you that Oklahoma State will be in the AP Top 25 before it's all said and done. This is going to be a tough matchup for Wichita State. Oklahoma State is playing with five starters that are returning from last season. Then Wichita State will face another Oklahoma team, the Sooners, on December 14th right afterwards. Oklahoma is also a tough team to beat. Now for some college basketball. The AP preseason polls has come out last week. Michigan State starts at number one in the pre-conference polls for the first time in school history, and rightfully so. Michigan State will return two starters in Cassius Winston and Joshua Lankford. Michigan State will also return frequent starters Aaron Henry, Kyle Ahrens, and Xavier Tillman. It's going to be exciting to watch this team this season. There was only one American Conference team in the ranking, and that was Memphis, who is ranked number 14 in the nation. Cincinnati received only eight votes and didn't make it to the top 25. Now, how did Missouri end up with 18 votes and Arkansas and Ole Miss ended up with none? I really do think that people are overlooking Ole Miss and Arkansas big time. 
who else? Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are even on the radar for the preseason polls. Providence only received one vote, but I'm pretty sure that Providence will end up moving up in the polls once the season starts. The University of South Carolina didn't receive not one vote as well. This is also a dangerous team to play this season. USC just recently played Villanova in an expedition game on October 18th. And I know we shouldn't put too much stock in exhibition games, but this USC team has two five-star recruits coupled with two of their top scorers from last season and two graduate transfers who were the top players on their former teams. Defense was a problem with USC team last season. However, that shouldn't be a problem this season. If Coach Enfield fails to get this team to the Sweet 16, he's going to be out of there. Therefore, he's on my hot seat watch list. Now on to our D1 to the NBA segment of the show, which will highlight former Division I players who have recently transitioned from Division I college basketball into the NBA. These players are making a positive impact on their team and seem to be headed in the right direction towards a long and prosperous career in the NBA. This week's D1 to the NBA portion of our show highlights the top five former Division I players who has made an immediate impact to their current NBA team this week. Now, there are a lot of rookies out there doing their thing, but these five NBA players are en route to becoming the face of their team. So who are they? Number one is Ja Morant. Morant is number one because he's giving teams the business all around on defense and offense. He is definitely on pace for winning the Rookie of the Year award. He dropped 30 points and 9 assists on the Brooklyn Nets this past Sunday in a 134-133 overtime win. His behind-the-back pass to Crowder helped Memphis get their first win of the season. Morant put on a clinic. Morant was the highest draft pick in Murphy State School's history. He was drafted second behind only Zion Williamson, the beast. Some say Morant was going to perhaps end up better than Zion Williamson at the end. And he's on pace, although Williamson hasn't played the regular season game yet due to injury. Morant is a high point producer on the Memphis Grizzly team with 18 points per game. He's also the assist leader for the Grizzlies at 6 per game. At number 2 is R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett leads the New York Knicks in points per game with 21 points per game. He is third on the team in assists and second on the team in steals. Barrett is definitely making his presence felt in the NBA. He will also be in the running for the Rookie of the Year when it's all said and done. At number three is Kobe White. Kobe White is doing his thing as well in Chicago. He is the third highest scorer on the team with 16.7 points per game third in rebounds at 5 per game, and second in assists per games with 3.3 per game. The Bulls haven't won a game as of yet, but it's coming. At number 4 is Rui Hachimura. Hachimura is a dependable big man for the Washington Wizards. He is the second highest scorer on the team and the second best rebounder on the team at 7.7 per game. Now at number 5, we have Zion Williams. He's only number five this week because he hasn't played a single game in the NBA as of yet. Zion Wilson has surgery for a meniscus injury to his right knee. The Pelicans executive vice president describes Zion Wilson as a genetic marvel as he describes Zion Wilson's recovery. When it's all said and done, I'm pretty sure that Zion Williamson will be back on the top of the list and make his presence felt around the world. 
Now for our new coach impact segment on the show. This portion of our show is brought to you by D1CoachGordon.com, your source for the Division One college basketball coaches. In this new impact segment of the show, we'll be discussing coaches who have been head coach of a Division One team for no more than five years and who are on an upper trend towards taking that team to another level. This week's new coach impact highlights Coach Craig Smith of Utah State. Coach Smith has his Utah State team ranked in the AP Top 25 poll for the first time in school history. Utah State is ranked number 17 in the AP preseason poll. This Utah State team is heading upward under the leadership of Coach Smith. That concludes our show for this week. Join us next week at the same time and channel for new episodes. We'll be happy to take on your questions and comments on our Twitter for our next episode.